Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Doug Tyrrell History and Comment. Hello, friends. I'm Doug Terrell. This is History and Comment for Friday, the 5th of January, 2024. My personal Facebook feed has a couple of photos from my retirement eight years ago. There are also a few memories from previous birthday skates. I don't recall when the tradition started, but we will continue tomorrow in Evansville. All friends are invited. We have a bit of unfinished business. I mentioned yesterday in closing I had a couple of thoughts and just did not have time to develop them. I will handle one now. As to faith, religion, and what it all means, I think most of us dwell exactly where the Father in Mark chapter 9 was. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I marvel at how often Jesus chastised his followers for their lack of faith even while they were witnesses to things that were plainly miracles. As Christians, we believe, or say we do, that we are eternal creatures, that our conscious life will continue forever without pause, that this life is simply little more than a gestation period. Yet it's hard for us to really act in a matter that belays an actual realization of that idea. We don't really believe. We want to, but have not yet come to full belief. Let's consider a practical example. Our life is 70 years, give or take, and since the idea of eternity is incomprehensible, let's call it 100,000 years. This is still mind-boggling, so let's distill it down one more time. Compare 40 hours, a good bit less than two days, to a 70-year lifetime. If I told you you could have 70 years of utmost bliss, life on a beach with not the slightest worry, or whatever intrigues you, if you could just suffer the worst toothache until next Sunday or early Monday morning. That would get folks lined up. We have people who are regularly betting a few dollars on the lottery, when they clearly know the odds are far against them, yet are not willing to fully bet their life on eternity. Why is this? To my mind, again, we simply do not believe. We want to but have not yet fully grasped what the whole concept means. On today's radio broadcast, Dr. David Jeremiah mentioned the Apostle Paul and his visions and understanding. Paul was fully invested. Now granted, Paul had a couple of very close encounters, and Bible scholars debate exactly what the details were when he said he was caught away to the third heaven and saw things he could not utter. And few of us have been knocked to the ground by a voice and a bright light. Yet the best we can do is give lip service to the idea. Often we are more concerned with preserving the temporal at the risk of the eternal. We are still weighing the risk versus the reward and find the dollar is best kept in our pocket. Now in an earthly lottery, that's good math. But on an eternal scale, surrendering to a God who is beyond our ability to comprehend in terms of knowledge, power, and benevolence to his prized creation, we more often than not hedge our bet. We either undervalue the future or overvalue the present. The only way that is fathomable is we do believe what God is and eternity. Page 2. Benedict Arnold has flipped sides by 1781 when he leads British naval forces against Richmond, Virginia. 
Arnold, as you recall, was a general in the Continental Army and felt he was underappreciated and underpaid and turned to the British. The British used him and basically dumped him. Yes, he was allowed to live in England, but the military distanced him since he had proven to be unloyal. He lost what he had and gained nothing. 1912, the Russian Social Democratic Labor Party is having a conference in Prague. Vladimir Lenin and his supporters break away and form the Bolshevik movement, and the Russian Revolution is off and running. Ford Motor Company announced an eight-hour workday and a five-dollar-a-day minimum pay in 1914. Nellie Ross becomes the first female state governor in 1925. As we mentioned the other day, this is again in a western state, this time Wyoming. Vice President Walter Mondale was born in 1928. He was vice president under President Carter and ran for president in 1980. Mondale was from Minnesota. It's trivial, but if you listen to Garrison Keillor's Prairie Home Companion, one of the sponsors was Bertha's Kitty Boutique. The weekly dramatized advertisement ended with a variation of this tagline. Bertha's located in the Dales, Royandale, Airedale, Clydesdale, Teesdale, Chippendale, Mondale, and all the other fine shopping centers. Construction begins on the Golden Gate Bridge in 1933. It will open to the public just four years later. President Truman announces his Fair Deal program in the 1949 State of the Union speech. It was essentially more of the same New Deal government land grab that his predecessor promoted just in a prettier package. The difference was the balance of power in Congress had shifted and very little will get passed. Almost a year ago, I visited the Truman Library in Independence, Missouri. It was enlightening. Truman was a token vice president who was bought and paid for by the Kansas City mob. While it's nice to think of him as a rural nice guy, and that was partly true, there was another side. It was clear reading the exhibits that they were working hard to put lipstick on a pig. It seemed that graft and payoffs were the modus operandi, but look what he got done. Folks, be very wary when the end justifies the means. Bad deeds for a good cause are never justifiable. President Nixon announces the space shuttle program in 1972. The film Apollo 13 was on last night, and I watched bits of it and recorded for later viewing. We are five decades removed, maybe because I remember the actual launches and events, but it's still intriguing. If you get to Central Florida, plan a day at the Kennedy Space Center. The exhibits have been enhanced and what I call Disney-ized, certainly developed well beyond simple documentary and much more immersive. It's hard to say which is the most impressive, the prelude to the Apollo exhibit or the space shuttle. The two sides in Ireland are playing tit-for-tat in 1976. You killed six of ours last night, so today we will randomly kill a few of yours, plus a couple for good measure. It really was quite nasty, and from talking to Americans who live there today, it has not completely been put to rest. They say there is an ingrained distrust that Americans just cannot understand. The International Astronomical Union tries to define what a planet is in 2005. The issue is, 
a newly discovered dwarf planet named Eris. Eris is larger than Pluto. The scientists established three criteria for a planet, only two of which the ninth planet meet. As a result, officially Pluto is dropped from the list of planets. Eris is not added either. Closing the circle a bit, it's very hard to grasp the vastness of space. Period. Plain and simple. There are things we just cannot put into words. The sphere that holds us is extremely minute, even within the space we can explain. The little rock we call Pluto is nearly 40 times further from the sun than we are. If you were standing on Pluto and viewing the sky, the sun would only be a bright star, and full daylight would be about equal to the light of a full moon. That's history and comment for the fifth day of January. I'm Doug Tyrrell. Now, go do something worth remembering.